You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, my friend, how's it going? I'm excited. I'm feeling good. You know, we just talked about it offline, off air. Big day Saturday, so every day leading up to that day is a better day. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into that, uh, I suppose. I have BavadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. You, sir, are alluding to a little collegiate football matchup between a uh, couple of teams from the great state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan. Um, how are you feeling about this? One, you do have to do that when you say the great state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan. And two, this is the best I've felt since um, the year, I think it was, what was uh, whatever Denar Robinson's last year was. <laughs> That's so I liked, wild. I, I like you didn't feel good about Denard. Like, Denard Robinson's a good college player. You were he like, oh, that guy. Good. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Oh, my gosh. It was, there's, there's little, you know how Facebook will remind you of your terrible, terrible posts from way back when? Well, one of them popped up um, and it was alluding to um, Denard Robinson needing to tie those laces. I was in my bag talking crazy, crazy shit about it. And mm. that's how I feel about this game, except times 20. I think that this run first vanilla high school offense is not going to be able to keep up with one, our very good run defense. Our turnover. Twenty twelve, by the way. Twenty. There we go. Twenty twelve. What a game! And um, we're just we're just the better team. They're rated rated ranked ahead of us, but we're the better team by far. We being Michigan State. Right. Bavada has a number eight Michigan State four point underdogs against number six Michigan. Uh, despite the fact that they're playing at home, you uh, so you feel like that's a little disrespectful. I think, yeah, it's big time disrespectful. I'll call it a little disrespectful in the grand mm-hmm. scheme, but within, you know, the no, which is my brains, that's mm-hmm. big time disrespectful. So whoever's listening, scrape up a hundred bucks, put mm-hmm. it on this game, and uh, I'll meet you somewhere so we can splurge. Well, you know, it's uh, if that's the case and you, you genuinely believe Michigan State's the better team and wins outright... The money line at Bavada is plus one sixty on that, Ooh. so that's a that's a good a good little payday if Sparty manages to take down Big Blue. I'm actually going to make this uh, way more stressful for me by uh, taking a piece of that. Where do you the over under sitting at fifty? Where are you on that? I'm thinking under. I think you know we Michigan State scores twenty something points, maybe. You know, and I think Michigan, it, it's going to get, I really think it's going to get ugly. I think Michigan struggles to score. Uh, we 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 run away with it late. Mm-hmm. We run away with it late, but it's going to be uh, in control, in in uh, Green's control all, all day. Have you been Michigan State fan like day one or where did this, um, when did this come from? Day, relative day one. I think my first, my first, you know, love of college football started with Charles Woodson. Okay. So it wasn't really, you know, I was rooting for his team at the time. But, you know, then uh, really just a year or two later, that's when I really <laughs> <laughs> fell in love you with You just really football. fell in love with Charlie Rogers. And that's the guy. So, you know, and then I just became the Michigan State fan. And my brother was the Michigan fan. And it's been it's been going ever since. 
Well, can I? Uh, let, let's can we dig into this a little bit? Because obviously, you were a a very good high school football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to play collegiately. Got to play professionally. Mm-hmm. What uh, was there ever any conversation with Michigan State? Did they express any sort of in, any kind of interest at any point? And if not, how hard was that on you? Um, well, I have a very, very interesting Michigan State story. Um, it, it's so interesting. It sounds fake. I'll give the cliff notes mm-hmm. and then you and I can talk about it more offline. But let's you did let's cocaine co- with Charlie Rogers. I get <laughs> if I was old enough, Charlie definitely would have invited me. But <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Um, so look. Start the story off. We got to connect these dots. Louisville. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, Louisville was small receiver, you know, Mecca, you know, Conference yeah. USA, throw the ball everywhere. Why, why do they have so many wide receivers on the field? So they were recruiting me pretty heavily. Um, That right before, you know, my junior year. No, right at the end of my junior year. That was John L. Smith, Jim McElwain, all those guys. They, no, they get hired. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State. So they're literally recruiting me from Louisville and bring it to my home state. I'm like, okay, done. Deal's yeah. done. You know, I, 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 so long story short, um, my recruiting starts to take a serious turn to the point where um, Miami, Florida, University of Miami comes into play. I, instead of going to Michigan State's camp, go to Miami's camp, um, kind of rubbed them the wrong way. It, it was, I didn't come back home and want to go. And I wanted to push off to the July camp. I was smelling myself a bit too much. And that kind of, uh, from there, kind of ruined the relationship. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so I got put on the back burner. And, you know, at, at that time, you know, small receivers still weren't that, that um, sought after. So it was, a, it was a very, very good lesson learned. Well, I look forward to the longer version of that story. But yes. uh, if not for, if not uh, where you ended up at Robert Morris, where would you have gone? Oh, well. There was, if I didn't go to Robert Morris, which there's more to this story, more my fault to this story, but uh, there was West Virginia, Toledo, and Marshall uh, that were that were leaders uh, at the end of my recruiting before all the academia got it, came into play. Well, that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. That stuff happens. And if, uh, you know, who, who knows what a different path where, where that would have led you, so. Who knows? Maybe you'd be uh, doing a show with Dan Hardy instead of me. <laughs> well, see, and, th- and this is where you count your blessings. No shot at Dan, but phew, I think I'm, dare to, I think dare I'm to in dream. the right place. Oh, small <laughs> shot at Dan, quite frankly. Uh, Rather large. Our our former uh, our former uh, showmate, mm-hmm. Daniel. Come on. Where I are hope you? the cult is treating you well, my friend, and uh, yeah. I hope they allow you to hear this someday. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. We're, you and I will have we'll have a larger conversation about that too, uh, not while we're recording because man, that's a weird situation. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't I don't think I knew that story, so that's yeah. fun to get that stuff on the show. And uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more to it that uh, to be told. To be told. To be told. Uh, so you're going Bavada the over under at fifty. You're you're sticking under for this one. You think this is a, a defensive game? Yeah, I think it's it leans towards the defensive game. This Michigan's. Offense slows the clock down. They're gonna, and we don't mind. Michigan State doesn't mind playing that game. It's just mm-hmm. that Michigan won't get anywhere. And I just think that um, with with running the screen game with Kenneth Walker the third, that you know it'll chew up the clock enough to where you know come late third quarter, then it's, we start to run away. 
Okay. Well, let's talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. That's been heating mm-hmm. up a little bit this week. Rumors that... If you listen to the Houston Chronicle, and I mean, that's my my source for any and all information, they alluded yesterday to the fact that the Dolphins and the Texans may have actually agreed on compensation in a Deshaun Watson deal. Later that day, it came out that Watson was only going to waive his no trade for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins were waiting to see how the, the legal issues are going to be resolved and doing more due diligence on that situation. Today it came out that the Panthers are no longer expected to pursue Deshaun Watson, which, you know, lends credibility to the story that we're hearing yesterday, that this is a done deal between the Dolphins and the Texans. Today, uh, Jasana Anderson came out and said, oh yeah, the Dolphins have not met Houston's asking price for Deshaun Watson, and this is still an ongoing thing. Oh, what is this price? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a lot, man. What are they were saying? What three first round picks and a couple of second round picks or something like that? I get it. I get it. And if you take away one big nugget of context, you can make the case clearly yeah. because you know Deshaun Watson prior to this season was that guy, that type of quarterback. But there's pretty big nugget. Pretty big. I mean, glaringly blinding nugget that you yeah. find in the dirt, and you can't hide it. And I don't know what I mean. Give me, give me the fact that the league is waiting it out so well that it yeah. seems like a non-issue, and maybe the Texans think others believe that or something. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the case. The trade deadline is uh, next Tuesday, and Goodell even came out yesterday and said the the league doesn't have all of the necessary information to put Watson on the commissioner's exempt list at this point. At this point, is very important to that. Mm-hmm. I just given how PR aware this league is and all of the stuff that's gone on over the last handful of years. I can't imagine they let this guy on the field this year. I know that they have no interest in taking a stand until they absolutely have to, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine just to be safe with 22 criminal complaints going on right now that, that Roger Goodell and the NFL would let him take the field, even if he is traded to the, the dolphins by Tuesday. Yeah, I just you'd like it to happen. I'd like it to happen for football purposes. I, I do not like it to happen. I have that Dolphins first round pick. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're per, it's personally but yeah. you know, I think you'll you'll sleep, you'll sleep safe, you'll sleep soundly. I don't nothing's happening. Nothing's getting clear before Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins do also have the uh the number 10 pick in the draft via another trade, so they have a little bit of ammo if they do want to go and make a deal. It's just yeah, I even if it is done, I just can't imagine that this is not a move for 2022. So it's uh, it'll be interesting. And honestly, if that is the case and Watson does end up traded and on the exempt list, that may work in our favor because a lot of the talk was that Tua Tungavailoa would go in a separate deal in order to get draft pick compensation that would then be traded to the Texans for Watson. Mm-hmm. So that would leave, you know, Jacoby Brissett and question mark, question mark, question mark as the only active quarterbacks on the Dolphins roster for the remainder of the season. Right. Yeah. No, no, no boy. No, you can't put the cart before the horse. And I'm just, I'm curious as where, where you'd find some value. I know you would into a, I'm just really curious as to where and how much. The team that keeps coming up is Washington. I mean, yeah, that's the glaring need because Heineke's, yeah. Nice try. You mean but, the football team's leading rusher last weekend? <laughs> what the heck is going on there? And that's not even the best part. 
but uh, about what's going on over there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just there's too many moving parts with the parts not being definitively worth you know what maybe people want from them, what the Dolphins want from from Tua, what definitely Houston's out on the ledge, you know nuts high off their brains thinking that they're going to get normal typical value for Deshaun Watson. So it's 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 at a place where it's stalled out. Yeah, I'm looking to find the the Dolphins current uh the Dolphins current practice squad roster. Yeah, cuz I'm looking for I'm looking for another quarterback cuz it is just Tua and Brissett at this point which you know, not the most uncommon thing with how teams run their uh run their uh, 53s at this point. Right. But, yeah, I cannot. September 3rd, September 3rd. It is not September anymore. Well, how is it this yeah. hard to find practice squad rosters? Why does nobody just have this listed? Still, still the unsung heroes, man. That's why. It's the interwebs. We have the interwebs now. You should just tell me who the who's on the practice squad. Uh, <laughs> as, of, as of the 17, let's see, they're... Okay, Reed Sinet was their practice squad quarterback, who the Eagles deftly uh, claimed just a couple of days ago, prior, uh, immediately prior to uh, and foreshadowing the Joe Flacco trade to the, the Jets, which, by the way, uh, was a sixth-round pick that can become a fifth-round pick, which is what the Eagles gave up for Gardner Minshew, making Gardner ah. Minshew effectively free. Yeah. Um, I'll take that. Uh, so I guess their practice squad quarterback is now our third string quarterback. And uh, <laughs> if in that situation, if Tua goes, they they'll have to sign somebody else to the practice squad. Brissett gets hurt. They have some guy who is not even on the roster right now starting games for them. Yeah, isn't that cool? It's a, it's a pretty scary predicament, man, because we know Tua's history of getting hurt and then at that point, it's at any snap. Any snap is the yeah. one. It's pretty weird. Pretty scary. You talked uh, about Denard Robinson a little bit earlier, that, that fun 2012 season. Do you think Robinson's a guy who came along at the wrong time? Do you think Robinson is thought of more highly and uh, finds more of an NFL career if he's in today's NFL where offenses are better at getting guys the ball in space? Absolutely. Absolutely. I even think that his unorth- unorthodox throwing motion. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember. I really I, I'm trying to, I can't remember how mediocre his arm strength was. It was pretty mediocre. Gotcha. So, I, okay. So maybe not that much of an eye or glance uh, at a serious role at quarterback, but the like you said, the ability to say this guy can move this guy has quarterback experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we can find a spot on the roster for him. It's so much higher at this point. So I think he's a name. He's a name in this in today's NFL as opposed to you know an afterthought and you better excel at running back type of thing. Yeah, I mean we've we've landed in this world where Cordero Patterson is the the Bears' leading rusher. It's so weird. Like, we we won't just change his number either. Uh, it's I know it's. A lot of the number stuff bothers me. I'm not going to lie. But uh, 2014, Denard Robinson started nine games for the Jaguars at running back. 582 yards, 4.3 a carry, and uh, four touchdowns as well as, weirdly enough, uh, didn't have a big catch. Only 23 catches for 124 yards. Would have thought that would have been a little bit higher. But, you know, 
I, I definitely think he he's a came along at the wrong time kind of guy. For sure, for sure. I think in that time they put weight on him, changes who he is as a player. Where they they definitely wouldn't do that now. Plus, I don't know. I always thought it was weird that he was a running back instead of a receiver. Maybe he just flat out couldn't catch the ball. Right. There's that. There's that. The whole thing of like he can catch standing still. Yeah. But you know, running your fastest, you still have to catch the ball. You do indeed. All right, week eight in the NFL, uh, week seven was an interesting one uh, for for you more than me, as your guys hung tight against a, a very good Rams team, whereas my Eagles just looked overmatched. Uh, how did you feel about the Lions-Rams game? I was curious, and then I was hopeful, <laughs> and then I was a little disappointed, but then I got hopeful again. And it wasn't the misery that I watched last week. So I'm okay with that. It brought me back to the baseline of what's happening. I thought we would get more wins out mm. of this culture shift. I really did. And then a couple of the games that we they had a chance to win, you know, the Vikings game, uh, even, even uh, who was that week one? Who was that week one game? Was it the, I'm, I'm looking now, the Niners, you know, those games, mm-hmm. you, ex- you, you can get those and should have gotten those to where you feel much better about what you're seeing with the culture shift and the playing hard and the playing through the whistle and all that stuff. So I get that. It's there. I'm not expecting much to the point where I didn't expect this uh, last week's game out of them. And so I actually, <laughs> I maybe I'm, I'm, I'm leading myself a little bit because I think this week, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I could look at them and say, that um, mm. there's improvement coming, but we're st- it's steady. It's just you're not getting wins, so that's it's a weird place to be in. I'm praying for a uh, dominating Lions win this weekend. Oh, it's a, it's on that side of the curve for you for your squad. Oh, a thousand percent. I am I'm praying for that. This team, look, they're just the Eagles just aren't good enough right now. That that's mm-hmm. the that's the unfortunate side of this. And for as as easy a human being as Jalen Hurts is to root for, he's just not at the level where he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. That's not to say he never gets there, but that's not where he is right now. I understand taking the season to find out who he is, what you have and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I I am firmly in the belief that if you can't win the championship, you might as well have as high a draft pick as possible. So you can try and win it this next year. And you know, worst to first is certainly a thing in the NFL. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If the if the Lions manage to beat the Eagles, and the Bills do what they should do and beat the uh, beat the Dolphins, then I believe the Eagles can, will be picking one and four in the draft. Yeah, I, two possible things. Not I don't know about probable, but two very possibles. This one's week. pretty probable. One's highly probable. Yes. So I think I think it's it's worth you tattoo it on yourself. Number but one, I probably number won't. four. Yeah, yeah, I probably, I probably, probably won't. It'll. Ha- <laughs> How do you think Jared Goff looked last week? Uh, <laughs> better, better, but it's better, but I guess I'll yeah, say low bar. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 I think maybe there's some jadedness because I don't want to give credit to the fact that there was improvement. There was some sort of settling down, and you want that. You want that in your starting quarterback, but. He's not my starting quarterback. He's just currently starting at uh-huh. quarterback. Yeah, he's the the epitome of bridge quarterback. Oh my gosh. It's 
He was the f- number one overall pick ever. I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I mean, so is so is Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, but like we get it with Jamarcus. You you we get it on why number one. We get it on why you're no longer in the league because yeah. you're as big as anyone in the league. But yeah. Jared Goff, like you really just can't. Like you're what people thought Aaron Rodgers was gonna be when they were first over overhyping the Cal thing. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's that's who he was. He was the next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it's like, no, you ended up being the guy that probably was overly coached in college, and now you're just a guy in the league. Yeah, playing in that Jeff Tedford Cal offense. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's weird that he's just so overwhelmingly mediocre. Mm-hmm. The fall from grace has been a dramatic one, and uh, you know, quite frankly the second best quarterback on the roster last week eh, behind Jack Fox. (laughs) But true, but true. One of one for uh, 17 yards and a 118 QB rating for Mr. Fox. Mm -hmm. Guy Mm -hmm. can, uh, he's a weapon. I'd like to see, I'd like to get him the ball a little bit more. (laughs) Where are we? Oh man. It's just, we need playmakers. I've never, I've, I, this is the, the crazy thing, as bad as we've been, which we haven't been bad. We've been underachieving. And that's the bar, you know, that, yeah. and it's a weird paradox to live in because it's like, oh, we, we talk so much crap about our team, blah, blah, blah. Well, we were competing. We just weren't getting to the playoffs like we should have. This is outright bad football with no talent. I haven't experienced this limited amount of talent on the edges, offensively and defensively, in so long yeah. that it's, it feels so weird. It feels like I'm watching a Wednesday night college football game. I don't know who is catching the ball. I don't mm-hmm. know who's guarding anyone. I just it's just football. Yeah, I mean Khalif Raymond is your your big playmaker <sighs> on, on the edges. And by big, I do, you know, I do. <laughs> 58182 from All Holy of our Cross. receivers are, I think, because what Cephas is still out. I don't know if he wants to be a football player anymore. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he he's always had limitations. Yeah, that is, there's not a lot of speed when it comes to Cephas, but he, he was, I don't know. Um, oh God, why can't I think of his name? The, the 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 gentleman, the cardinal, the big, big. Oh, Bolden. Oh yeah, thank you. Oh, okay. He he's Kmart Anquan Bolden. That's what I was going for. Yes. By yes. the way, I said the Cardinal and you came up with Anquan Bolden. Good for you. <laughs> I know. There's a bunch of Ravens fans that are like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, that's, that is genuinely impressive. But, oh, and he's not even, not even like he's your leading pass. Ca- oh, I guess Swift is actually the leading pass catcher. Yeah. yeah. Swift's got 42 catches to the to Ravens 26, just two, which is just two more than uh, Amonra St. Brown. But, St. Brown is going 8.5 a catch and no touchdowns. Hawkinson, another guy sub 10 a catch. Swift sub 10 a catch. That ain't good. No, and the thing about it is that as as bad as this is, we don't have... How do I put this? Because they're not highly skilled, except for Hawkinson. Uh-huh. They also ne- don't have the opportunity to be thrown open. There's just certain things that an NFL quarterback creates for his receivers that they are not experiencing and that you know we don't have yet guys and we we should i thought i thought amon brown would be a yet guy he looked like that coming out of usc but i don't think the opportunities are there and it scares me because this is their indoctrination to the league you know what i mean 
So if if they think this is how you're supposed to play and prep and this is their muscle memory, how much do you shake that off uh, unless you get something relatively quick, another quarterback in relatively quick? I'd rather have a guy that's wildly inaccurate but can, you know, make a splash play here and there. Who am I describing? I, I'm willing to trade you Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts on the Lions is actually exciting, man. I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to make that deal. And I do wonder if the Eagles ended up taking a Matt Corral or a Malik Willis or somebody like that in the draft, mm -hmm. would they then sort of have to trade uh, Hurts? Because it is, it's always awkward to have your former starter as a backup. It doesn't work. It doesn't work unless there's injuries involved. That's the only way yeah. it actually works. And Jalen, for everything else he can do, I wouldn't even stand for it. Like he's too too good of a football presence to be the backup when he's healthy and young. All right, we will take a quarterback, and I want uh, I want two third round picks for Jalen Hurts. I don't know if we'll have two third round picks. I don't know if I want Jalen Hurts, but maybe somebody will. Do <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say I wanted two, so hmm. two threes is fair. Hmm. Uh, really negotiating against <laughs> no one here. What's your, what's your take on DeAndre Swift? Because he's having a weird year. Forty two catches, like I said, but you know, seventy eight carries, the the most on the team, but only by a couple over Jamal Williams. Only three point four a carry. Has not been explosive as a ball carrier. I think it all boils down to the lack of threat under center. But I think that Swift has shown, um, when you're watching the whole game, Swift mm -hmm. has shown the maturation that you want in someone who wanted splitting carries, so this type of league. But he's doing and being the player that he was drafted to be without having uh, a lot of space and a lot of support. Mm -hmm. He's he's making big catches. He's He's creating yards for himself. It's just opportunities are limited and I mean he's he's getting downhill even in some of his runs so I like what I see and I again I hope I hope I hope that um he he can keep his his optimism high as a as this transition goes because the last thing we we need or want is a running back who can you know be a threat finally in Detroit mm -hmm. to become bored as uh as we get better yeah, weird that a guy that seemingly dynamic has a long run of 16 yards. Yeah, that's that's bad. Also, though, you know, the O-line is learning um, yeah. about it uh, and, and growing. But no, there, that's hard to excuse because you've got to bust one if you're that guy. Agreed. I mean, 63-yard catch. Let's, uh, let's dig into this week, week eight in the National Football League, Thursday Night Football. Good game. The Green Bay Packers head to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals, who look like they'll be without J.J. Watt for this mm -hmm. matchup. Mm -hmm. Bavada has the Cardinals minus six and a half. Yeah, I am taking those Cardinals. This is a tough one for me, Chris. These two teams are what I have seen, obviously, the best in the NFC outside of uh, the class that are the Buccaneers. And oh, I thought you were going Eagles, but okay. <laughs> you could, you could. It was it was one of those things that, yeah. you know. But one or the other, I got you. Yeah. I will, I'm going Cardinals here. I think if I'm looking at their, their way they've been approaching each game, the last three games, uh, overcoming their mistakes, the Cardinals have a better opportunity to do that faster. The Packers have been a very slow grind um, waiting for them to shake it up. Even Aaron Rodgers said it like they're just not completely in sync offensively. 
and yeah. the defense has has been saving them lately. And I just don't think that the defense can save them, you know, for two and a half quarters until the offense makes the inevitable play because of the playmakers they have. And plus, I don't know if Devontae Adams will actually get to play or not, you know, with, with the watch list and close contact. Close contact? stuff yeah so. close contact is correct and also alan lazard will miss the game because yeah, of uh, the same situation yeah so give me the cards here seven and oh pretty cool eight and by the way zach Ertz became the uh, first player in nfl history to score a touchdown with two different teams in consecutive weeks when he scored his the longest touchdown of his career in game one as an arizona cardinal how long was that just it was a 40 it was like a 43 or a 45 when it was in that wow margin of error that seems that seems really unbelievable <laughs> not just because like i've never seen zach Ertz catch a ball that was in the air that long yeah he's never been a yak guy he's mm. he's a catch guy he's not a yak mm-hmm, guy i mm-hmm. think he mentioned and i don't he certainly didn't mean this as a slight to his former teammates uh but he said he'd never seen that much green grass in the middle of the field before because i guess that's what playing with deandre hopkins does that yeah there you go doesn't uh doesn't hurt it does not the carolina panthers watching this game probably hurts the carolina (laughs) panthers head to atlanta to take on the atlanta falcons bavada has the falcons minus three yeah so we're rolling we're Mm -hmm. rolling this is being recorded i am willing to say on record that look at these falcons look at these falcons the thing that they needed to do they're doing which is making the yards count a little help from the defense is, is is good and not being so predictable on offense. There's this thing around the league, you know, OBJ, the, the Browns offense is better without him. And, mm-hmm. you know, certain, I think there's another receiver who there's an interesting stat line of who when he's not playing. Who knew that the offense would get a little less predictable with uh, Julio out of the lineup and they're finally found their stride. So. Give me the Falcons here because the Panthers have nothing. The Panthers, man, yeah, they're they're an interesting team. Specifically, one-time wunderkind uh, <laughs> Joe Brady, who you know we all thought he was the next offensive genius. Had a had a one-way ticket to being a head coach as early. I mean, he got interviews last year as early oh. as next year. And he looks that offense looks terrible. I know it's built for and around Christian McCaffrey. But it looks terrible. Sam Darnold looks terrible. Mm-hmm. That's because the offensive line looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder. Like, you know, I've often said, is is Sean McVay coasting, or not even coasting, but just being propped up by how that Rams team did that first year in the in response to Jeff Fisher not being their head coach, more right. so than Sean McVay being their head coach. Right. Was Joe Brady propped up by the fact that his offense at LSU featured Joe Burrow, it featured Justin Jefferson, it featured Jamar Chase, it featured Terrace Marshall, it featured Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm. There are, you know, two of the maybe the singular two best young receivers in the game and the best young quarterback in the game. Yeah, there's something to that. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we can't even it's a little understated. There is something to that success. I think my biggest uh or one of my biggest, you know, measuring sticks of or metrics of a successful coach in the long run is the ability to adapt, the mm-hmm. ability to uh, adjust your game plan, the ability to find what's not working and make it work. 
And like you said, there's always the preface. This offense is built around CMC. Cool, man. Very cool. There are elements, and I know that there are plays on that play sheet that are literally set up so that when the defense is starting to figure out what's coming when CMC, when Christian McCaffrey is the focus, Mm -hmm. that you start to run. And those are the plays I expect a coach like Joe Brady, who's getting all of these accolades, all of this hype, to be able to manufacture those as uh, go-to plays. That's that's what you're paid to do. That's the expectation. So I'm a little bit concerned that with a guy like Sam Darnold's skill set, yes, you know, he has to stay upright. Yes, timing has to work. But he's not for lack of uh, outside playmakers. You know what I mean? So right. something's got to give. I, I, I'm with you there. This, this offense... I don't know if they they just they just aren't able to adapt. I don't know if there's other elements that guys can't do what a coach would like to do. So you just have to run what you have to run, which is a thing. But you know how far can that go? This is not necessarily a shot at Joe Brady. I, I, it's not how I intend it. I'm just gonna say that like I genuinely believe LSU still wins the national championship that year if it's you know me instead of him in that position. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to to even go back in time, switch you all out, and then let it play out. Then I would be the offensive coordinator of the Panthers right now. The Panthers would be, maybe. Now they'd be worse right off. They'd be 100 percent worse off. No question <laughs> yeah. about it. I would be so bored. I would be, <laughs> and I would just be drawing funny shit on the on the fucking whiteboard. I'm like, all right, DJ. First, you're gonna spin. You're gonna spin three times. That's gonna it's gonna catch the defender off balance. <laughs> Then we're going to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey 600 times in a row. Kirsten's going to say that's it compared to what Joe Brady. So basically, there's been no change to the offense. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that uh, Jamar Chase fellow, eight catches for 201 last week. He might be be pretty good. The Cincinnati Bengals head to New York to take on the New York football Jets. Led by Mike White at quarterback, Joe Flacco won't join the team until Friday and looks to be inactive for this weekend's game. Bavada has the Jets. This honestly seems generous. Only plus ten and a half. Yeah, Mike White is the name of the quarterback of the Jets. If the Jets are the only thing that the commercial was able to get trademarking for. Oh, 100% right. Yeah. Like no, the- and it doesn't even say Jets on the front of the jersey. It's a, it's a color jersey that is similar to, but not identical to the Jets color. Thank you. So with that said, I mean, you've got a team who is flying high and this would be the perfect setup game to lose, except for the fact that the delivery man is playing quarterback for the Jets. So yeah, I think we see a very uh, mild version of the Bengals, um, but they still come out with a win. So give me the Bengals here. Um, but they do hit this line um, and win by at least 10. Can I tell you, like, I'm trying to make a joke about this, and I literally can't think of a player who fits uh, the criteria. Like, like uh, Mike White, like, he would be the quarterback of the Jets in a commercial where the commercial is surrounding an, an actual offensive skill player. And they yes. can only have, like, the, they can only have that one real guy in the commercial. <laughs> And it's just a bunch of fictional players surrounding him. Yes, it's a Marshawn Lynch commercial with Mike White as the quarterback. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. But I I, I can't think of a single skill player on the Jets who warrants inclusion no. in that. So no. 
They're all Mike White. It's an Elijah Moore commercial. Like that doesn't work for me. Like I like Elijah Moore, but I don't think we're there there yet. yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. I don't can't even think of who the starting running back is, to be honest with you. Who the hell is the starting running back of the Jazz? It's Le'Veon Bell, man. (laughs) It's not. Oh. Le'Veon Bell is a uh, he's a he's a Raven. Oh. Uh, it is Michael Carter, yeah, UNC rookie from UNC, uh, who is uh, relatively promising. Yeah. But Mike White put up Jared Goff numbers for the Jets last <laughs> week: two hundred and two yards, six point three in attempt, one touchdown, two interceptions. Very, very, very similar to oh. Jared Goff's number against the Rams. Long career ahead of you, Mike. Yeah, and one of them's a number one pick in the draft, and one of them is a made-up player in Madden's <laughs> season seventeen too. So, probably not good for Jared, I'm thinking. Yeah. The, uh, there you go. The, the LA Rams, who we were just talking about, head to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. Bavada, another big line here, has the Texans plus 14 and a half at home. Yeah, remember when we thought, no, no one thought this. Remember when it looked like for a half a second that the Texans wouldn't pay for their sins this year when, you know, they looked halfway competent? For that little bit, that little blip. Yeah, well, Terod's not, back. Uh, eh. it's, so the thing about Terod is that he's not he's not a momentum changer. No, but he I agree with that. But I do think he's a he's a professional. He is. He is. So he can riding the ship would be it not being embarrassing. Yeah. Right. So the Rams are going to embarrass the Texans. I'm sorry. It's going to be a pretty. Pretty uh, boring game to watch unless you uh, enjoy what the Rams are putting together, which is going to be one of the biggest scares in the NFC uh, playoff run when we start to think about Packers, Cardinals, and Bucks. So mm-hmm. give me the Rams here as they're building their case. Well, Deshaun Watson's likely next team, the Miami Dolphins, traveled to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills, and we can't get away from the big uh, lines here. Bavada's got the Bills minus 14 at home. Yeah, Bills taking their lumps, they're 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 maturing, and uh, the Dolphins learn quickly um, that the Bills aren't to, to be messed with. The Dolphins yeah. have a lot of a lot of stuff going on that I don't think Brian Flores actually understands that he's responsible for. Uh, High he, praise for a head coach. Yeah, you know, and and I say that almost gently because I. I think if he was a little bit more aware, he'd fix it. He seems like that guy. I just don't know what the disconnect is with this team. And the Bills are going to take advantage. Of course, give me the Bills. Well, I mean, what the hell can you fix? You have one playmaker on that offense in Devontae Parker. I mean, the next most explosive player is probably Mike Gesicki, your tight end. Uh, I mean, it's just that's not a good situation. Miles Gaskins, the leading running back. I don't know how you fix it, short of just being like, "Hey guys, we're uh, we're gonna shut it down. We're not yeah, gonna play any more games just, this year." The setup by now, we thought it looked like they were building pieces and building blocks, but there's no yeah. one there. Tua has been interesting because Tua had one of the better games of his career this past weekend against the Falcons, albeit a uh, a very poor Falcons pass defense. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, I I was watching that game. He I was very interested in the final of that game. They came back. It was Falcons were up a couple of scores mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, boy, the Dolphins tie it up. Maybe even take the lead. I honestly don't remember, but I think they tied it up. No, they yeah. must have they must have taken the lead. Uh because it was uh it's a two point game. Yeah. Yeah. So they take the lead 28-27. And then uh, you know, the Falcons march downfield, God bless. But 
uh, Tua looked good. I I genuinely felt like at no point when I was watching that did I think this is not a professional quarterback. He can make it, man. He can make it. It's just that he's also not. He needs as much help as any other quarterback's gonna need. Yeah, and uh, and and we're gonna grade him on that scale at this point. So they better hurry up. Let me ask you something. We saw a uh, a very interesting game this past weekend in uh, in Happy Valley. I texted you about it, mm-hmm. and I I'm sitting here doing work on a Saturday afternoon, and I see that uh, an ESPN update saying, "Oh, Penn State and I honestly don't who did Il- they play Illinois Illinois." Thank you. I watched the game too. Penn State <laughs> and Illinois going into third overtime. So I, I pop it on on my computer. And we get to overtime nine. Yeah. How do you feel about the overtime rules in the NF- in the college football, specifically going with the two point conversion after two point conversion after two point conversion stuff? Uh, give it to me. Give it to me. Inject it in my veins. It gets a little bit nauseating after the you know fifth one, but I, I didn't want to see it end. I, <laughs> yeah. At that point, you're like, I am. I'm. I'm high off of this. You know. And sometimes you do want it to end, but. Yeah, give me that. Give me that over the pros. Give me that. Playing the game that way, it's like it reminds you that it's a game, and I love that. Yeah, first two overtimes, teams get the ball as they traditionally did at the 25, but once you get there into overtime three, it is just a, a battle of two-point conversions, trying to trying to put it in from the two, and boy, it was a battle of ineptitude there for a while, as I think uh, like in five, six, seven, and half of nine, the... Uh, Teams could not convert. It's crazy. The craziest thing about that game, not that it went to nine overtimes, not that it was the longest game in college football history, that the final was like 18 to 16. Yes. 20 to 18. Yes. That's the thing. That it was overtimes with the, no scoring. It was, what is happening? What is happening? Not a good sign for Big Ten football, but it's actually, we. it's the rebalancing of everything. So give me that stuff. Give me. Give me more of that. Well, it's a pretty good sign for the team that you care about in the Big Ten, as, uh, as Penn State was theoretically a contender early in the season. Yes. No mas. Uh, <laughs> interesting game here this week. Probably the game of the week, I would say. The Philadelphia Eagles had to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions, and Bovada has the Lions, Mario Hines, plus three and a half at home. Yeah, this is the one. This is the, the one of the last-ditch efforts that I can wholeheartedly with any type of respect and true true hope say that the lions get a win outright on their own you know merit without the Mm. other team completely imploding um you know the eagles could implode but that would almost be them just being themselves this year they imploded last week yeah they imploded last week so they're (laughs) so yeah so give me the lions here to to, dan campbell knows this that's the thing that these things aren't being overlooked in preparation anymore that's the confidence i have now will they finish four quarters of football to get a win i'm gonna say yes this week for the lions let's see the eagles current opponent sos is 646 so they dropped a two and six in these scenarios, all of these teams would become, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> if absolutely everything goes right, uh, Detroit wins, Miami wins, uh, Houston, New York, Jacksonville lose. Or pardon me, win, sorry. So a lot, of, a lot has to go right, of course, for this to yeah. happen. Yeah. Eagles can pick one and three. Hmm. I, w- I would be down for that. 
This yeah. is uh to to quote some great thinkers from from you know what January. Uh, stop the vote. Stop. The vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for it. This, this is delicious. I'm happy where we are right now. I don't really care what happens in Arizona. Let's just get this done and uh, <laughs> lock this in stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it now. I'm with it, man. I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I, and they would all also would pick 13. So that's not bad. You don't have to wait too long to get that exactly the additional pick. I've been, because, you know, this is how I feel about the Eagles, and I've said this before. I have been playing around with uh, prof- uh, PFN mock drafts all, basically since prior to the season. And um, I just, like, I feel like some of the mock drafts I put together, I, I should get a shot if Howie gets fired. Mm, yeah. I feel like I should get a shot. I, all I want to do is just run one draft. Can I just, can, can I see your... Like your your demeanor, you'd have to just one quick video recording, fourteen seconds max yeah. of your war room demeanor, your war room pacing. I need to, see, and that will qualify you. If you well, it would be that. me by myself in the well, me and my friends in the war room. Because let's not get ourselves. No respectable human being is going to stay on that on that staff if I'm hired as general manager. Nor would I expect them to. Well, you're so, going to do you know, everything. It, it'll be me, you, Alexa, Greg, Anshu. <laughs> 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 a lot of it, I'm just like I'm talking about like what's going on in basketball that day. Tangentially <laughs> paying attention as 29 other teams are constantly calling, trying to take advantage of me. <laughs> I like this. I like. I mean, count me out, but I like this. You, okay, so for the record, you're saying if I become general manager of, manager of the Eagles this off season, you refuse to take a position on my staff. I'm legitimately weighing the financial benefit versus <laughs> versus stepping away and watching this dumpster fire from afar uh, they, they might be equal they might be equal also i never said we were going to pay you and there <laughs> you're already you're already making willing and dealing you're already willing. is that a pro or a con i'm honestly not sure uh at, at that point you can at least you don't have to say you were employed by this disaster there you go so just kind of do you think in the war rooms there's just a lot of people who are just like their friends hanging out you know it well probably not in any in every other profession it happens yeah. if you don't think there's someone just kicking it waiting to order the pizza nudging the coach like are you done picking yet man you said you were going to pick such and such yeah, two hours it's, ago it's round two <laughs> is this done yet come on we got another day of this i have to be up how early right now no, 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 no. Um, all right, well, you're out then. I guess that's what we've learned. It's, I respect the uh, the steadfast desire not to be humiliated publicly. <laughs> As I hope my Eagles are this weekend by the Lions. The next game on the schedule, the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, to take on the Cleveland Browns. Returning Jack Conklin, returning Nicholas Chubb, the Browns minus three and a half at Bavada. Hmm, this one's hard. This one's hard, but not really because you give me the Steelers coming off a bye week, being able to study, you know, whoever the quarterback's going to be, mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't looks fare like well. Mayfield. By the way, looks like who? Looks like Mayfield. By the way. Uh, that's even worse to me. That's a scary proposition <laughs> because dig your your knuckles into the turf 
if, if you know the Steelers organization. So give me the Steelers here in what seems to be, you know, one of those games where it might be that marker for the Browns to say, damn it. All right, we've got to um, we've got to do some rethinking to make sure this doesn't happen again next year. Here's a question for you. Is this uh, with the trade deadline the following Tuesday? Is this Odell Beckham Jr.'s last game as a Brown? That's tough. And I, I'm i going to answer verbatim. I'm going to answer directly. I'm sorry. And say no. Mm. But I, it also hurts me and pains me in, in a very topical way that this is, has been his career, man. Trade yeah. deadline, Odell is a real thing. And that sucks for a guy with, with his, his amount of talent. Beckham's, it's confusing because, you know, after it came out that Mayfield had the torn labrum, it also came out that Odell's been playing with it for years. And then the question becomes like, dude, you missed the entire season two years in a row, like two, two, well, not two years in a row, but two different seasons. Why would you not get your shoulder fixed during that period? You're like, come on, due diligence, dog. Right. Due diligence, man. I don't know. I really, I'm not sure about some of this stuff. And this is where it's like, some of this is your fault, man. For sure. For sure. The San Francisco 49ers head to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. And Bavada has the Bears plus four at home. Yeah. I don't like what the Niners are doing at all. I think the Bears got their rude awakening, uh, the rudest awakening of like, yeah, that close game stuff and and, and and chomping at the bit doesn't make you elite, uh, doesn't make you good. And I think that mm. actually helps them uh, in this instance. Uh, they're going to come in wanting to play their best, and I think their best slightly nudges the Niners. So uh, give me the Bears for outright uh, upset of the mind. The Tennessee Titans travel to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts, and Bavada has the Colts one-point favorites at home. Ooh, wow. I don't see it. <laughs> Nor do I, I see sir. it. I don't see it. I don't. For some reason, I feel like the Titans are are right where they want to be. Not to say that they're a threat that big of a threat, but they're right where they want to be as far as the team that they can be. And uh, I think that team yeah, beat beats the, the Bills Colts. two weeks ago. Yeah, that one was you know in the making, and and still the Bills could if that was like the one in 45 billion multiverse type of uh-huh. deal, you know, with him slipping all that, even if it goes exactly <laughs> that way. So it's, it's the one scenario where we win. Yeah. So give me the <laughs> Titans here uh, to beat the Colts. Okay. Uh, okay. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars head to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks, man, weird line Seahawks favored only by three at home, which means we, <laughs> we all know that, Teams get a three-point, uh, little three-point cushion for home field advantage. This means Bavada sees the Jaguars and the Seahawks as similarly talented teams at this point. Yeah. Uh, so the Jaguars win two weeks ago, then yep. they go on a bye week. That is the closest feeling that they like. They feel like they won twice. Sure. Like what? A, what? A, what a cheap, great experience. That works in their favor right now because the Seahawks are drowning. Mm. And so I think the Jags sneak a win uh, under the chin of Pete Carroll and gang. So give me the Jags here. I know there, there might be booze from the crowd, but give me the Jags here. The New England Patriots head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. And Bavada has the Chargers minus five. Ooh, yeah. Chargers here uh, again uh, coming off a bye. Pat's blowing out the Jets. Uh, and, and, and good things happening. Good things happening for, yeah. for New England. I think they are riding the ship. But 
can't can't match up with the uh, firepower of the Chargers and don't let last week's game fool you. So give me the Chargers here. Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to New Orleans to take on, man, the lucky to win New Orleans Saints. And Bavada has the Saints plus six at home. Ooh, I hate the Saints. I hate them so much. Yeah. But it doesn't even matter because the Bucks out of this world. I don't, I can't, it's becoming that thing and I don't like it. It's like, what I want to analyze this team, but they're it's too easy to call. It's too easy to call. So give me the bucks here. It's bothering me how good they've become. The Washington football team heads to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos, who I believe returned Jerry Judy to the lineup this yes. week. The Broncos minus three at Bavada. Yeah, give me the Broncos here with that news. I mean, it's hard for them to stop anyone uh, in the middle of that defense run-wise. It's really, really tough. Uh, but Washington can't do anything offensively. They can hold you down defensively and frustrate you. But with the addition of Judy um, helping Teddy, you know, getting yards after the catch, hopefully, you know, they work him back in in a good way that um, it's enough to beat the football team. So give me give me the Broncos. Good game here. The Dallas Cowboys head to Minnesota on Sunday night to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Bavada has the Vikings plus one and a half at home. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins does this every year. I've noticed, like he does, he either starts really strong, low, strong, finish with a low, start mm-hmm. low, then a big, big strong ga- um, run, and then lows again at the end. This is this is that low time. Um, don't be fooled. The Cowboys are that team. I, I have to reiterate, hardly any. There's no hole there. There's no hole yeah. on this team. Um, so you're gonna have to beat them. You're going to have to play good football and beat them. And the Vikings can't do that. I can I, I see mistakes every week, even in their, their good games. I see mistakes every week. So give me a Dallas here. A real, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say stinker to finish the week here. But not the game that we're mo- you know most looking forward to. The uh, New York football giants head to Kansas City to take on the uh, underwhelming, underperforming Kansas City Chiefs. Bavada still has the Chiefs minus 10 at home. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, there's a lot going on. I tweeted yeah. this, I think, two weeks ago that the mystique is gone, maybe three weeks ago, and it is. The mystique is gone, and there's reasons. There's real legitimate reasons. This isn't uh, magic that wore off. This isn't. Mm-hmm. This is that the offensive line still needs a lot of work, Yeah, and the defense has been neglected in such a way. Uh, injuries, too. And they can't, there's no rhythm. There's no rhyme. There's no, and and without that rhythm, there's no rhyme or reason to the pace. There's no reason to keep that pace. And I don't think the Chiefs, from staff to personnel, know how to not run at that pace. Uh, And it's it's just causing a bunch of chaos. And this is going to be a year-long fix. But at the end of the day, they're a talented team that can beat a talentless team. And the Giants aren't the talentless team, but they're not very talented. So give give me the Chiefs here. Yeah, Patty Mahomes on uh, already been sacked 14 times, on pace to be sacked the most he's ever been in his career. Mm-hmm. It's funny that happens in a year where they're trying to start three rookie offensive linemen. Yeah, I, come on. I can't think causation correlation kind of situation <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, so yes, the, the Chiefs are underwhelming. The Chiefs are going to take a big steaming poop on the Giants. Yeah, like two two things can be true. Those two are the things. And uh, well, with that, I think we've come to our final game of the week eight slate. I uh, 
Uh, the last thing I have to to do here is uh, express my uh, my uh, best wishes to you and uh, and Michigan State to take down the uh, the rival Michigan Wolverines this weekend. That would be that would be a fun one. But either way, it's going to be a fun weekend of college football, fun weekend of National Football League action. So uh, for Mario Hines, I'm Chris Warwardell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.